and welcome. Welcome to the Poetry on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. I hope this sounds all right because we have no internet, no cable, so I'm doing this on my iPhone. Well, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to get it done. It's been a day of struggles and agitations, and that's why the Lord didn't give me this teaching until this morning. We're teaching, we're going to talk about kingdom resilience. But this is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church. And in doing so, we discover how the early church served the Lord, and we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. We do that by digging deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. The porch was created to be an online community of believers, restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence of the early church. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. The porch was created um, as a part of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. It actually grew out of a home church we had in Tallahassee, and uh, we've continued the mission and the vision, and we're looking for it to grow even further. You can go to onsolomonsport.org to reach out to us, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio as well. You can contact us there if you have any needs, praise reports, prayer requests, just let us know. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site. You can subscribe to us on the Spreaker app. You can get updates and uh, when new broadcasts are posted. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're also found for archive and listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Deezer, CastBox, and where it all began on Blog Talk Radio. We're increasing our reach. We're awakening the remnant. If you can, let us know where you're listening to The Porch. If you want to support what we do, there are ways to do that. There's a PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. You can do it one time, or you can schedule a monthly, as some of you do, and we appreciate that. Or you could use the Venmo app. You don't want to use PayPal. It has less fees, and we can be found as at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the FDM and the G. For each and everybody that has supported us and keeps us going and helps us to pay for the things that we have to pay for, we truly appreciate each and every one of you. I try to say thank you every time I get notified. If I've missed it or you've not heard from me, let me know. But I'm telling you thank you now. We appreciate you. Just give us the Lord leads. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter Mark Shofar and go right into the lesson. Well, we start out everything with praise reports and prayer requests. I've always done it. I always will do it. I don't think there's any other way to do it. So I praise the Lord for my home, for my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, our grandson, our furry kids, um, and all of our possessions, like the technology that allows me to sit here and do this with you. I praise Him for the protection He offers us, even in the midst of troubles and turmoil. He's always there. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. I praise Him for the ministry his ministry, which he allows me to work for him. For the dreams and the visions, which are pretty much nonstop lately. I praise him for his healing virtues, which are still available to each and every one of us. Claim them, believe them, receive them. I praise him to be able to praise him, no matter what. We're going to mention that tonight. No matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in your life, praise him. Praise Him for favor. Praise Him for revelation. Praise Him for being a new creation. And we are living in prophetic times. We're watching prophecy play out before our eyes. I praise Him for America. Even though it's got things wrong, I'm glad we're here. And we have the freedom to worship Him. And I praise Him for the signs that I believe is getting ready to return. So that's what the porch is all about. Preparation and readiness to do the job, to keep one eye on the sky and one eye on the job at hand. Now let's pray. Let's pray for the Middle East, Israel, the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I'm praying for America, praying for its leaders, praying for its citizens during this time of turmoil and unrest. 
And I'm praying that every evil is exposed and dealt with, that every hidden thing is brought out into the light, that every plan of the enemy that he has schemed against this nation in its effort to serve the Lord and has hindered and attacked his children, I am praying for the Lord to deal with that. I'm not calling for mercy. I'm not calling for mercy for us. We need it. But I believe it's time to to pray with fervent fire for the Lord to deal with these things. Praying for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. I am tired every day of seeing what's going on in the world. I am tired of the bloodshed and the evil which is perpetrated. And I know people care, but I don't think enough people care. I don't think enough people care that babies are murdered in the womb. Babies are murdered out of the womb with their head brought out just enough they can jam a scissor or a knife into the base of their skull. I don't think people are bothered enough that those bodies are then cut into parts and sold for profit. If that doesn't bother you and you claim to be a born-again reliever, I pray for you. Pray for the victims of sex trafficking and human trafficking and those that have been abused for our brothers and sisters around the world that are being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. Religious persecution, anti-Semitism, all the things, all the fruit of the spirit of the Antichrist. It's growing. It's growing. We must pray. We must stand against the spirit of the Antichrist. 1 John 4, 3, the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming and is already in the world at this time. John wrote that then. It's even worse now. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Right now, in the name of Yeshua, whatever is out of order, whatever's not right with you, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, whether done by yourself, done by circumstances, done by ancestry, whatever it may be, I pray right now that you would go back to your divine design, that you would be able to glorify him in your healing, and that you'd be able to function fully in the kingdom of God. I pray that over you, I prayed over my wife, I prayed over me and everyone who has the need. If you're sick, just pray right now. I pray for you. Be healed in Yeshua's name. Pray for protection. That's Psalm 91 covering for inspiration, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up, for the remnant to wake up, rise up and answer the call to action. If you're listening, I know that you're awake, but there are others out there that you need to wake up, that you need to inspire, that you need to stir up, whether by praying with them or meeting with them or sharing these uh, Bible studies with them. We need the remnant to rise up. We need aerial support. We need prayer covering. We need blessing. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know somebody that's been blessed, go to them and say, hey, be a blessing. There's a ministry here that needs your help. Praying for the doors to open so that we can do in accordance with his word what he has declared we need to do for him for the kingdom of God. To fund the dreams and the visions and the missions. To be able to help to be able to go out, to be able to go into the homes and become highly mobile, highly effective. We want to drive and not fly, and we want to own our own equipment to finish this documentary and create other content to expose the enemy and shine the light. We believe it's worth the time, the cost, and the effort to get it out there. We continue to have, our family goes through, um, it seems like everybody right now is going through some kind of legal struggle and we just pray for the porch family as you face these adversities. And of course, always, always, always pray for your lost family members. The only other one I have here is, and I got to read it from my iPad. I've got my eyes all over the place, my computer monitor, my phone, now my iPad. Uh, it's from Kim in Fort Mitchell. Hope all is well with you and your family. With the armor of God in place, I'm about to walk into my workplace today I'll find out what I've been praying for if I get a raise and if so what that's going to look like I'm nervous but also grateful he had already blessed me more than I can ever imagine I praise him for loving me and for saving my soul I praise him for his divine protection and guidance Father I'm praying for my mother save her soul I'm asking somebody to take the assignment to pray for Kim's mother and pray for her husband 
praying for protection over my family, my marriage, my dog Bruno, bless my children and guide them. She's asking the Lord to guide the new leader of this country, whoever it may be, and to give him strength and endurance through these times. Father, guide and deliver my son Maurice as well as myself and favor me. I'm praying for the entire porch community and SRT, praying for the innocent who don't have a voice. Save them. Father, show me how to shine your light and forgive me my trespasses in Jesus' name. Lord, you know all these things. You knew what was going to happen before it happened. You knew the end from the beginning. You're not surprised by anything. So we come to you as our Father. We say, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We love you. We praise you. We trust you. You are everything to us. You are our everything. The God of all creation. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You're everything. But most of all, your Dad, your Abba, your Papa. We love you. We need you. We need the comfort. We need your arms around us. We need to be hidden in the shadow of your wings. So, Lord, we cling close to you and all that's going on and all that's happening in the world, all the confusion, all the unrest, all the evil, all the violence. We stay close to you and we ask you to cover us and protect us. We ask you to inspire us and encourage us. We thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood that you shed. We thank you for the empty tomb in the upper room and sending back the Holy Spirit and the fire so that we could find our way in the darkness and we'd be inspired to go do what you need done. So right now, bless this technology. Bless us. Open our heart, our minds, our soul, our eyes, our ears. Let us receive whatever each individual person is called to receive this night through your word. And I just pray all these things. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Pretty cool I can do all this on my iPhone. Normally I'm doing it on my computer on the big monitor, but I'm blessed that we can continue to keep going, even in the midst of all the technical problems. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, it's your kingdom we seek. It's your power, your glory that we seek. The Apostle Paul was the preeminent teacher on the kingdom of God outside of the Lord. He taught on it the most. But more than that, he lived what he taught. Open your Bibles, your Bible apps, however you're following along. I pray that you do. I pray that you're taking notes. I pray that you're marking it down. I pray that you're downloading these podcasts, these Bible studies, and uh, going over it again. I give you a lot, and I do that on purpose, but I want you to, to get it. I want this to get into you. I want the Word to be alive inside of you. It's going to come a point where you may have to feed others. You may have to lead your family in, in Bible studies and praise and worship. The porch will always be here for you, and, and hopefully we'll be on the road and be able to come to your towns or your areas and interact with you. But you never know. Technology may be shut down. We don't know where we're heading. I can tell you right now, no matter what the outcome of this election is, we're heading into a dark place. One outcome will be darker than the other. But then you are called to shine. You are called to be beacons of light in the darkness. Go with me to Acts chapter 14. 
We'll start out with verses 21 and 22, but we may jump backward. But let me start right here. Paul and Barnabas are strengthening the, the believers. So when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. It is, listen to this, it is through many tribulations and hardships that we must enter the kingdom of God. He's not saying that suffering earns you the entrance. What he's saying is that persecution, trials and tribulations in a fallen world will accompany you as you enter into the kingdom life. This is not our home this is a fallen place. It's run by the fallen. It's run by Hasatan, Satan, and his, this, those that serve him. But Paul and Barnabas were preaching the gospel to both Jew and Gentile, and they faced threatening situations. In Derby, for example, the people stoned Paul, and he nearly died, which precedes this scripture, Acts 14, verses 19 and 20. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby, and that's where we picked it up in verses 21 and 22. We will go through tribulations. We may not be stoned and left for dead. Well, we might. I don't know. The world hates us. The people in this country that don't love God, don't appreciate God, don't want to hear what we have to say, hate the Bible, they hate us. And they hate people that represent the Bible. Entire sections of political parties hate us. Entire sections of local and, and governments in America and other places hate us. So what? No matter what the obstacles, your Heavenly Father continues to give success to His church to do the job. We see it in Acts with Paul and Barnabas. They were visit, revisiting several towns in which they had established small groups of believers. And they were encouraging the believers to stand strong in the faith. And they, honest enough to remind them that they might face persecution. I remember one of the first Bible studies we did in our home in Tallahassee of the Home Church. Started out with a small group of 12 misfits and slowly began to grow. And one of the people brought her friend who was a nurse and a new believer. And I taught a similar message on persecution and hardship. When it was finally over, she said, finally, somebody willing to tell me the truth. And I said, what does that mean? She goes, I've been told about how easy this is. Finally, you're the first person that has told me how hard this is going to be and has explained to me why I'm going through what I'm going through with my friends and my family. Folks, if you're sitting in a place on Saturdays or Sundays or Sunday, Saturday night, if you're sitting someplace, and they're tickling your ears, and they're not preparing you for what's coming, both good and bad, because great things are coming. Signs and wonders are starting to manifest and will continue to do so. But there's the other side of the coin. If you're not being prepared for that, you're being misled. Trials are an everyday part of the believer's life. Red Letter Basics, John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. They hated him. They're going to hate you. Trials are a part of the equation. So pray. Pray that your Heavenly Father, pray that the Lord, pray that the Holy Spirit would help you face them effectively and bravely. And then, 
thank God for promising to be with us through everything. No matter what you're going through, praise him. Junior in Oklahoma, he, he and his wife and his little girl caught the COVID. And we, we created a little group on Facebook Messenger and people were praying for him. And, and I've been checking on him and they're still tired. They're still sore, but they're praising God because they're getting better. In all things, praise him. First Thessalonians five seventeen and 18. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Messiah Yeshua. That constant attitude of prayer, believe me, I live this, that constant attitude of prayer will help you. I'm not going to say it's always going to be easy. I'm not going to say that you won't have days where the frustration gets to you, but it will help you to maintain gratitude in the face of adversity. It will help to inspire you to look up towards Him. In every event or circumstance, in everything, give thanks to God for the good that he can bring out of that event, even if it should be incredibly unpleasant. Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Let me say that again. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan, for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to His plan and His purpose. Paul lived it, walked it, and talked it. And he exhorts us to maintain a faithful prayer life like his. Kingdom resilience comes from a faithful prayer life. Ephesians 6.18 with all prayer and petition, pray with specific request at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, that's interceding in prayer, for all God's people. Don't only pray for yourself. I like when Kim gives her praise reports and prayer requests. She acknowledges she's praying for the Ports community. She's praying for SRT. One of the things that we covet, and Larry and I talk about it all the time, is we call it aerial support, people that pray. And at times there's been a great covering, and at times there's been little to none. And I know that in the days ahead, as the Lord begins to release us, and I believe that we're on the verge of that, that prayer covering is going to have to increase. And I believe he's going to wake people up in the night. He's going to wake people up in the day. He's going to shake them. They're not even going to know who they're praying for. They may be praying in the spirit. They may be praying in their prayer language. He may drop a name, SRT. He may drop my name. He may, whatever it is, they'll, they'll be praying for us. Pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't mean you're constantly in prayer, but it means you're persistent and consistent in prayer. Daniel prayed three times a day, just the Jewish custom suggested, morning, afternoon, and evening. I pray first thing when I get up. I pray throughout the day, probably at least once an hour I'm in talk to the Lord. I'm praying, I'm interceding. And then I pray again before I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and pray. You don't have to tell me to pray. That's never been an issue for me. And I'm not saying that to exalt me. I'm just telling you, I always, I understood. I understood the necessity. I understood the power. I think that's why so many people call me and ask me to pray, because they know that I do that. I wish they were more like me. I was trained by Pastor Shelley, like him, like, like my brother Larry. More. Psalm 4, verse 1. This is Psalm of David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have freed me when I was hemmed in and relieved me when I was in distress. Be gracious to me, hear and respond to my prayer. Psalm 5, 1 through 3, another Psalm of David. Listen to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning and sighing. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. 
For to you I pray, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning I will prepare a prayer and sacrifice for you. Watch and wait, for you speak to my heart. Psalm 6, the Lord has heard my supplication, my plea for grace. The Lord receives my prayer. Psalm 27, verse 8, when you said, seek my face and pray, I can feel the spirit. I can, I'm just about to take off here. When you said, seek my face in prayer, require my presence as your greatest need, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, will I seek on the authority of your word. See, that's what we've been talking about. We talked about the word, talked about the Bible, talked about the rhema and the logos. Get in the Word. Devotions are nice. Reading other people's stuff is nice. But get in the Word. Get the Word inside of you so that in stressful situations, that's what comes out of you. Whatever comes out of you when you are squeezed is what is in you. David sought the presence of God, sought his face. It was the highest purpose of his life. And let's get real, the enemies of God, the kingdom of darkness, might try to dissuade you from seeking the presence of the Lord. But the psalmist wants to know God's presence in his life in the land of the living. Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. David's trust was in the authority of his word. David's trust was in the character of God. He is as good as his word. In Psalm 27, the first half of the psalm, from the praise to the prayer and the ending statement reveals the key to victorious living. Wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord is to demonstrate that you have confident expectation in Him. The Hebrew word for wait is also translated as hope. To hope in God, to hope in your Father, is to wait for His timing and His action for the fullness of time. We know what we want when we want it, but he knows the right time for us to have it. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Stop running here and there. Stop running to the world. Stop running all over the place. Be still and know that he is God. Wait on him. Set your face on him. For those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Be, be someone who waits for the Lord, who expects, looks for, and hopes in Him. If you do that, you will gain new strength and your power to the inner man or woman will be renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you lift up with their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. You'll be able to run and not grow weary. You'll be able to walk and not grow tired. Eagles, you know, I've talked about it in the past. I have a thing for eagles. Beside the fact that they don't flock and they mate for long term, forever. When they fly, they glide, they rise above the storm, they take the current and rise. We need to stop fighting the storm. We need to stop cursing the darkness. We need to start shining the light. We need to start rising up. We need to start taking a stand and saying, no, I will not bow down. I will not bend down. I will not bend my knee except to the living God, the Lord of all creation, my Lord and Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. When Isaiah wrote what he wrote, it was written at a time 
for the Jewish survivors of the Babylonian invasion. They were beat up. They were worn down. They were dispirited. And he gave them an exalted view of God to remind them that God has neither vanquished or rejected the remnant of his chosen people. Rise up. Yeah, I see what's going on out there. Rise up. See, kingdom resilience is the ability to overcome adversity and hardship. And resilience not only gives you the strength to overcome, but as I just said, to rise above, to use it as a catalyst for growth. See, that's the only proper understanding of how God deals with us in this life. To understand and to know his perspective and his ways. And unfortunately for many of you, this calls for great patience. I'm one of those. I'll admit it. We we were talking the other day, and I said something about patience. My mother used to say that to me a lot. And I used to say, well, I'm not a doctor. I have no patience. But the truth is, we have to pray it through. Waiting on the Lord means we go about the routine of life with a fervent, patient hope that he will consummate his rule in his time. In the fullness of time. He will deal with the evil. He knows it's there. He's got a plan. If you have that inner attitude in you. That strength. To mount up above the moment. Above the adversity. Above what's being said. What's being done. Above the attacks. The supernatural strength and vigor. Will give you the ability to go on. Psalm thirty-three, eighteen. Behold. The eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience. On those who hope confidently in his compassion and loving kindness. Don't measure your heavenly father by your earthly father. Don't even measure him by the earthly pastors and ministers who have hurt you and let you down. Measure them by him. Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 2. Through him we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble, produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation, because that's really what it's all about. Such hope in God's promises never disappoint us. Because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Remember, the Spirit's job is to remind you of Yeshua, to remind you of what he said, to remind you of what he did, to teach you, to encourage you, to walk with you. Sometimes you may even need to cry out, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me in my weakness. Help me in my lack of faith. Ephesians 1, starting verse 15, Paul speaking, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in Adonai Yeshua, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And the God of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul's constantly speaking kingdom life. He's constantly speaking 
prayer and thanksgiving. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with the light of the Ruach HaKodesh, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints who are who? People ordained by Rome? No, the saints are God's children. They're God's people. We're all called to be saints. That Ephesians 1 prayer, that's a prayer for spiritual wisdom, which can only come from the Holy Spirit. When the New Testament speaks about hope, it's expressing a cherished desire, along with confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. Remember Hebrews 1, now faith is. Now faith is. The, the hope, the assurance, the expectation of things prayed for. But that can only come through the Holy Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Everybody wants the power. Nobody talks about the fruit. Everybody wants the gifts. Nobody talks about the fruit. They have to work together. One without the other is an imbalance. And it's ineffective. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence in us is what? It's love, that unselfish concern for others. It's joy, it's inner peace, it's patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. It's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. And what I see is that the church of today doesn't want to struggle. It doesn't want to fight. It wants everything given to them. It wants somebody else to fight for them. It wants angels to fight for them. I'm sorry, folks. I do not see anywhere in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, after the dispensation of the Holy Spirit and the power and the delegated authority, I do not see anywhere where the angels do that for us. That's Old Testament, Old Covenant thinking. You have been given the ability to stand. You've been given the, given the ability to fight. You've been given the ability to persevere in trials and tribulations. Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places doesn't say angels do that. It says we. We. Paul's telling you, Paul's telling me, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, physical opponents, but it's against spiritual one, against the rulers, against the powers, against the, the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. You've been given that ability. You've been given the sword of the Spirit. You've been given His name to use. Inside of you is the creative power that spoke them into existence. Use it. But sometimes, getting to the goal of the kingdom, whatever you're called to do, we'll call it being about our Father's business, kingdom business. Whatever it takes to get there is going to be a struggle. Let's get real. It may even include suffering and persecution and rejection. It did for the Lord. It did for his disciples. It's done for every person that's given a, a, an example of faith to us. It's been every person who has helped build the church and build the kingdom up till now. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. There's going to be a struggle. You're going to skin your knees. You're going to, you're going to get bruises. But the glory, the outcome for suffering is so much greater than anything. Paul says in Romans 8, verses 18 through 30, For I consider, listen to me, stop and listen. Whatever you're doing right now, don't be distracted, don't take notes. First time for me to say that. Just listen. 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of creation, of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. He's going to save everything. He's going to change everything. Verse 22, For we know, I hope you know this, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, which emanates from the Father, helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with us which groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And here's the other part I want you to remember. Whatever you're going through, whatever's happening, whatever you're feeling, and we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. You're being transformed from glory to glory. And if you're trusting in his word, you have the key to kingdom resilience. Remember what he said in John 16, 33. See, all this comes back. All this circles back. I've told you these things so that in me, in Yeshua, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be courageous, I'm sorry, be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. We walk by faith and not by sight, because what we see with our eyes is not our spiritual reality. And the thing I see is many people struggle with. They try to see things with natural eyes. They try to discern things through, through the filter of the world. We walk by a different paradigm, by a different set of rules. This world is not our reality. Faith, 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 faith triumphs in trouble. Where's your faith? Is your faith in your faith? If it is, you're going to fail. Your faith better be in Him. He exceeds all of that. Your faith better be in His Word. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. We have shalom with God through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
word upon word, line upon line, precept upon precept. That's why I repeat the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You begin to speak these scriptures. You begin to speak this word and your faith comes from you hearing it. It edifies you. It makes you stronger. It makes you bigger. It makes you taller spiritually. You, I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much word you know. I don't care how much word you don't know. Through Yeshua, you have been given access by faith into the state of grace in which we can firmly and safely and securely stand. And if you do that, you get to rejoice in the hope and confident assurance that you will experience and enjoy the glory of your Heavenly Father, the manifestation of His excellence and power. And through that, you'll be able to, with joy, exalt in your sufferings and rejoice in the hardships, knowing that distress, pressure, trouble will teach you and produce patient endurance. And that endurance will give you spiritual maturity. And then that spiritual maturity will change into hope and confident assurance because he never disappoints us. His promises are yea and amen. His love is abundantly poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If there's anything you need to hear in the midst of bad times, is to hear him say, I love you. Hope, cherished desire, confident assurance of what you long for. The believer's life is completely the result of God's grace. His unmerited favor. His provision in Messiah. We don't deserve it. Folks, I know people are praying for this nation right now, and I've heard people say we don't deserve this. The truth is we do. We do. We deserve every bit of it. But we're counting on his mercy. We're counting on grace. We're counting on favor. We're counting on the glory of the Lord to shine out of our inner being to glorify him. Character, hope, Your character as a believer comes through hardship, comes from receiving the promises which make you grow stronger. Faith is a muscle. The more it gets worked, the more it gets exercised, the stronger it becomes. And to rejoice in these things means to boast. And hope means expectation. So basically, believers boast in the sure expectation of the glory of God. And the confidence comes from God himself through the Holy Spirit that's been put in your heart. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. I know that scripture really well. I tell it to him all the time. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. But then he reminds me the rest of the scripture is, but when it comes, it'll be like a tree of life. The tribulations we're enduring right now, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, the suffering, the distress, are all part of the process. That perseverance that comes from the endurance is when we exercise our faith, when through kingdom resilience we make it through difficult times. We make it through unanswered prayers, or at least in our opinion, unanswered. Sometimes the answer to prayer is wait. Sometimes it's not now. Sometimes it's it's coming. You have to trust that he knows what he's doing. And the trials that produces that kind of faith is a spiritual reward. It brings spiritual perfection. The greatest prayer warriors I've ever met are people that have suffered for the kingdom. People that have been through the battle. Have seen him answer prayer. 
have seen demons taken down, fallen angels taken down. My faith isn't in me when I do what I do for the kingdom through SRT or through ministry. My faith is definitely not through me or my abilities. My faith and my confidence is in him. I know who he is and I know who I am in him. James 1, verses 2 and 4. Listen. My brethren, my sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that what? The testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's not easy, but I want you to consider it nothing but joy. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through the experience produces endurance, spiritual maturity, inner peace, and endurance has to have its perfect results. You have to let it do a thorough work that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. Kingdom resilience, the capacity to recover from difficult events. But let me be clear here, resilience is not a trampoline. It's not where you're down one moment and up the next. It's not a roller coaster. It's like climbing a mountain without a map. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It may even take help from people around you. You might even experience setbacks along the way. But eventually you'll reach the top and be able to look back at how far you've come because of him. You know, even the secular world talks about this. Psychology Today says resilience is the psychological quality that allows some people to be knocked down by the adversities of life and come back at least as strong as before. Rather than letting difficulties, traumatic events, or failure overcome them and drain their resolve, highly resilient people find a way to change course, emotionally heal, and continue moving towards their goals. Now, if the world can see that, why can't we? Why can't we apply that within the kingdom? Because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. That means a worldly perception of anything is the opposite of kingdom perception. Everything we do must be with a kingdom mindset and perspective. Everything. Not some things. Not the things you pick and choose. Everything goes through the filter of the kingdom first. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Red letters, Lord speaking, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It says it differently in Hebrews 13, verse 5. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, that that gets back to the tribulation, perseverance, character. What's been molded inside of you? What have you set your hope on? And my hope is not not hope. My hope is not in what I know. It's not in what I think. And my hope is in him. My hope is in his word. My hope is in his spirit. My hope is in his love. The same love that allowed him to be scourged and beaten and whipped and brutalized. Torn apart, nailed to a piece of wood, hung up for everybody to see naked. Not with some little uh, cloth diaper. No, no, no. Part of the humiliation that the Romans came up with was to put him up there naked and bloody and bruised. He did all that for me. He did all that for you so that I could have hope. So that I could 
study his word so that I could have the confidence and the expectation of eternity with my heavenly Father and with my Lord. So let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the things of this world. Be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. And by the way, this thing about greed and mammon, mammon's actually an entity. In the Greek, they call him Plutus. It's a god. It's one of the, the Nephilim, probably the firstborn, one of the gods that were created during Genesis 6. He's there to draw man into destruction. Most great men and women of God who have a tremendous calling fall one of two ways, either through greed or lust. Lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Be content with what you have. For he has promised, he has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down. Or relax my hold on you? Surely not, says the Lord. Father, we need resilience. We're going through some stuff right now. You're not surprised by any of it. You told me most of it would happen. I didn't want to listen, didn't want to believe, but here we are. We trust in you, Lord. We cry mercy. We cry grace. But we trust in you. We cry out to you for the trials and the tribulations and the perseverance needed and the character that will be developed so that we can be resilient in your kingdom. We can glorify you. We can get done what needs to get done. We can go set the captives free. We can destroy the works of the enemy. We can shut it down. We can open things up. Oh my gosh, the glory of the Lord will flow. People will be saved, healed, and delivered. Trust is not in men or horses or chariots. Our trust is not in politicians. Our trust is not in other men and women. No matter what their titles, our trust is in you. So we cry out to you. We cry out to you. Speak into our lives. Speak into our hearts right now. Whatever... The questions are, speak the answers. Whatever the needs are, deliver them. Deliver the promises. Open the doors that are closed and shut the ones that are open that are not of you. And Lord, there are some listening right now that need healing. Their heart, their minds, their bodies, their soul, their spirit. They need healing deep down into the inner, inner person, the inner man, the inner woman. They need healing in their bones, in their tissues, in their organs, in their structure that you've created that has been abused and broken and attacked. You are the only one who can do this. You are the only one who has the answer. So by faith, I speak healing to them in your name, in the name of Yeshua. And I thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the ability to do this. And most of all, I glory, glorify in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.